0: okay hear me out yes Timo Meyer, Brock Besser Vladimir Tarasenko that's great and all and I would love to have them play for the devils but do the devils actually need to make a trade come the trade deadline we have a lot to talk about in today's episode of locked on devils buckle up everybody you're locked on devils your daily podcast on the New Jersey devils part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked on Devils podcast here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, college hockey play play announcer, Devils writer for pucks and pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member Trey Matthews. So before we get into today's episode, I first want to give a shout out to our all-star representative, Jack Hughes, for just being himself. So today, Jack Hughes uh, gave a jersey to a learn-to-play all-star Tanisha and basically made her day, took a picture with her family. And uh, during his media availability, he's still giving his funny sound bites. So Jack Hughes said he didn't know who Taylor's or he, he, he couldn't name any Taylor Swift songs. He said that he wasn't the commissioner when a reporter asked how he would feel if there was like a play in scenario similar to what the NBA does to determine who gets the final playoff spots. And Jack Hughes just being Jack Hughes and the New Jersey Devils just basically having a field day with posting, quote, unquote" wholesome Jack Hughes content. So we can never get enough of that. So that's why Jack Hughes is our lovable superstar. And that's why the New Jersey Devils fan base is so fond of him. I remember speaking to Jack Hughes in the locker room, and he is, I, I, without a doubt, the funniest unfunny guy that I've ever met because he's not trying to be funny. <laughs> he's just very awkward, and he just hates doing interviews. But uh, him doing that stuff for uh, the kid and, and it is just so is so great to see. And like I said, love Jack Hughes, but. Let's get into today's episode. So the main talking point of today's episode is going to be a follow-up from the previous one in which I talked about how the New Jersey Devils should approach their trade deadline. I'm going to go into a little bit more detail because one of my colleagues over at Pucks and Pitchforks recently released an article stating that the New Jersey Devils don't really have to make a move come the trade deadline. And after reading the article, I kind of see where he's coming from and I would have to agree with them uh, in some sort of way. But We'll talk about that a little later in in the episode. I first want to talk about Vitek Vancek because after I did my Jack Hughes Hart Memorial Trophy episode a few days ago, I've been getting a couple comments saying that, Trey, you should do a discussion about Vitek Vancek and him potentially winning the Vezna Trophy. Now, here's the thing. I have done an episode like that in the past, not too long ago. But why not revisit the subject because – uh, VTech Banchek is regaining what he was able to do during the 13 game win streak, which is he makes a lot of great A saves. He's starting to win a lot more because he's currently on what like a nine game win streak, and he- he's just uh picking up right where he left off once again when the Devils were uh winning a little more consistently. But band Banchek has definitely surprised a lot of people, whether it's Devils fans, hockey fans, whatever the case might be, and quite honestly. I think Vitek Vancek can finish in a pretty decent uh, positioning for this year's Vesna Award. Now, the thing is, is that I know he is not going to win it. I know he's not going to be a top three finalist, but I'm going to tell you where I'm where I'm going with this momentarily. So when looking at any MVP award, I always look at impact. I look at stats and I look at narrative. So when looking at the impact, I've I've already said uh, what needs to be said, which is. Uh, Vitek Vanacek stepped up his game big time when Mackenzie Blackwood went down with his MCL sprain and uh, we needed a capable starting goalie. And this is something we've been searching for the last couple of years. And it was Vitek Vanacek. And who would have thought when we traded away a a few picks for his services that he would have turned it out to be this uh, this starting caliber goalie that everyone loves and adores. So I talked about Jack Hughes just being wholesome and being a lovable player. Well. VTech VanCheck is just like that. He was one of the few players that I wish I got the chance to speak with in, in the locker room post game because he just has funny sound bites as well. But uh, ultimately, for VTech VanCheck, his impact this year for Devils is so vital. It's so important. We're not in this position without him. And quite honestly, VTech VanCheck has saved our bacon a couple of games uh, more times than not this season because there have been a, a couple of scenarios in which the Devils could have uh, gone down by. A lot of goals, but it's Vitek Vanacek standing tall and stepping up his overall game. And the defense somehow, someway seems to return to favor by playing a lot better in front of him compared to when Mackenzie Blackwood is out there on the ring. So Vitek Vanacek's impact is very important. And now when looking at the overall stats for uh, Vanacek, uh, some stuff has actually surprised me. So uh, wins this season. He's actually in the top five in the NHL with 21. So he's in the fifth position. Goals against average, 2.29, which is fourth in the entire league. He has two shots this year, which uh, ranks him in the top 10. He's in the ninth position. Uh, goals saved above average, 10, 10th in the entire league. Adjusted goals against average, 2.32, fourth in the entire league. And remember, he was a, the second star in the month of November for the monthly three, three stars for the NHL. So VTech Van check and his stats, they're respectable. They're there. And... Uh, like I said, he's starting to turn heads a little bit more, but the overall narrative is simply this. Devils were looking for a backup caliber kind of goalie, and they rolled the dice on VTech Vanacek. He's panned out well. I just said when Mackenzie Blackwood went down with his MCL sprain, it was VTech Vanacek who stepped up his overall game to keep the Devils uh, afloat and have them win uh, uh, consistently. So Vitek Vanacek just basically come rising from the ashes, exceeding expectations and just helping the devils uh just become more victorious and more respectable throughout the entire league so VTech Vancheck has been vital this season for the devils so when we talk about Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton whoever the case might be you also need to put VTech Vancheck on that list now here's the thing I I I said a few minutes ago that I don't anticipate for uh Vitek Vancheck to finish in the top three when it comes to the Vesna trophy race. But at the same time, I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that he won't ever win the Vesna trophy. I think he can, just not this year, because if he were to hypothetically win it, it would be the most out of left field winner in recent memory. But he's starting to plant that seed a little bit more. So if he continues to uh play the way he's playing, if he's able to have a strong second half if he's able to have a good playoff run, then come next season, I don't think you would be out of the ordinary. I don't think you would be considered crazy to maybe put Vitek Vanchek in your top three or your top five uh, favorites to possibly be a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. So I think Vitek vanchek can definitely start to um, uh, gain the respect a little bit more, plant the seed in people's heads, so that way maybe he has a better chance of winning it come next year and it won't be out of left field because – People are going to have higher expectations for him going into next year. So to that uh, person who commented under uh, my video multiple times saying you need to talk more about BTEC Vancheck and him possibly winning the Vezina Trophy. Well, there you go. So there's my overall opinion. I think he should definitely get some recognition. Do I think he's going to be a top five finalist? No. Do I think he can finish in the top 10? Yeah, I think. I think so. I think a couple of journalists might give him like maybe one first place ballot, whatever the case might be. But uh, Vitek Manchek definitely deserves a lot of recognition. He deserves a lot of credit and he's been vile to the Devils this year. And uh, I'm glad that Vitek Manchek is our, I guess, starting goalie now. But uh, yeah, this is this is not the uh, end for Vitek Manchek. This is only just the beginning. I think he's only scratched the surface. And I think come next year, I think Vitek Manchek will get more respect throughout the entirety of the league. Okay, so one of my colleagues over at Pucks and Pitchforks, Nick Valano, released an article recently talking about the overall trade approach for a New Jersey Devil. So I'm going to read you a, a snippet from the article. He said, the risk here is that the Devils will compete hard with the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers for positioning all season long, whether they get Meyer or not. The Metropolitan Division will be a slog. Should the Devils spend big assets for a season when they might not be ready to truly compete for a title? Is this really a Stanley Cup-level team? It's a legitimate question. Despite playing like one of the top teams in the league, this team has very little playoff experience. Jack Hughes has never played in the postseason. Nico Keisher hasn't done so since his rookie year. Countless players on this team have never seen life after 82 games that could lead to a hard lesson in the postseason. So basically Nick is alluding to the fact that a lot of players on the Devils roster don't have playoff experience, and he is right about that. So Andre Palat is probably the only one who, who has seen the uh, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup or has at least won it. I can tell you that for a fact. So Andre Palat, uh, he's been around the block a, a few more times, so I, I guarantee you once the Devils get to the playoffs, they are going to rely – heavily they're going to lean on the shoulder of Andre Palat to guide them through the rigorous task of just maintaining themselves throughout the entirety of the postseason now it goes back to what I said in the previous episode what are my expectations for Devils like what direction are they trying to take their team so are they trying to be contenders are they trying to make a deep playoff run are they just trying to be uh that team that just gets to the playoffs but doesn't really have that high of expectations or are they just coasting by so I think I'm going to. I don't think I gave my answer in the previous episode. Here's where I see the Devils as I see them as just make the playoffs and just try to get out the first round. As in, I don't think the Devils are contenders. Now, they are one of the best teams in the NHL, but let's face it, we did not expect for them to uh, make it this far. And Nick is correct, which is the Devils don't have a lot of playoff experience. So, are they truly ready to compete for a title? And do we really need to go all in at this very moment? So getting Timo Meyer would be great on paper. I talked about possibly getting Bo Horvat before the Islanders uh, snatched him away. So I was just like, getting these big-name players, that would be great and all for New Jersey Devils, but I'm still not seeing a championship-contending team. It's just like, if we're making those kind of moves... Would is it really going to change the needle in in a different direction? Are the New Jersey Devils going to instantly become contenders? Because like I've said many times, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Getting Timo Meyer or getting someone else is not as cut and dry as people say it is. So if the Devils want that big name player, they're going to have to part ways with a few other players so that way that new big name player is there long term, and also you get Jasper Bratt re-signed long term. So my thing is, when looking at this roster for New Jersey Devils and how it's currently structured, I see a team with a lot of potential. So I talked about the top six. I talked about uh, Nico Heischer and, and uh, Jack Hughes being our franchise pieces. I talked about Jesper Bratt also being in that conversation. Tomas Shatar has had a surprisingly good year. Dawson Mercer, it's just like I I, I see a lot of potential in Dawson Mercer. And I don't think he's uh, uh, he's scratched it yet. He has so much untapped potential, but we just got to find a way to squeeze it out of him. Yakor Sharon Goer, I I think is sort of in the same boat as Dawson Mercer, which is a lot of untapped potential and can definitely be a solid top six performer if paired alongside the right guys, which would have to be Jack Hughes. Eric Hala has been a solid contribution for New Jersey Devils, despite it not showing up in the point stats. But Eric Hala has been good when it comes to defense, puck possession, face-offs, whatever the case might be. But I think a lot of people are going to look at the defensive structure for New Jersey Devils because I know a lot of people are complaining about Brendan Smith. I think I had a fan reach out to me saying, Hey, Trey, what's going to happen to Brendan Smith? Do you think someone's going to take his position And I said, like, no, Brendan Smith is a good leader for New Jersey Devils. He is beloved in the locker room. I don't think Brendan Smith is going to uh, be going anywhere, at least for this season. Because here's the thing. It's another thing that you have to think about. So you want to get rid of Damon Severson. You want to get rid of Brendan Smith. Okay, fine. I I can understand those reasonings. But at the same time, you got to remember that Shimon Nemets and Luke Hughes are more than likely going to be NHL ready come next year so that's also something you have to take into consideration so when looking at the trade deadline for New Jersey Devils it's just like up and down their roster up and down their lineup we're we're seeing a lot of solid contribution and I know the BMW line is right now a little slow they're trying to get everything back together and we're just trying to wait for Nathan Bashan to get going once again get his footing underneath them Andre Palat we're starting to see uh, flashes of what he was able to do During the course of his uh, tenure with the Tampa Bay Lightning, remember Andre Pilat has been dealing with a groin injury. He had to have surgery on it. So he's just trying to uh, get integrated back into the lineup. So when looking at this roster for Devils, it's a solid roster. But at the same time, it's just like if we were to trade away a few players like Mackenzie Blackwood, Damon Severson, Miles Wood, whatever the case might be, like pick your poison. I'm, not, I'm still not seeing a contender and I just don't know why you would want to like go all in for a big name player when in reality isn't really going to change the needle in in more ways than one. So uh, and that's another thing. What would the asking price be? So I would love to have Timo Meyer on this roster and Nick also talked about it in his article saying like if the asking price is right, then all, then by all means, go after Timo Meyer. But at the same time, if we have to give up, if we have to give up like three players on our roster who are solid components, who are solid contributors, if we have to give away like a, a, a one too many draft picks. Nick also talked about in the article saying the Devils have a lot of good prospects, including Seamus Casey, Shakir Mukama Doolin, Graham Clark, whatever the case might be. There's a lot of other big name prospects that we don't really talk about because we talk a lot about Alexander Holtz. We talk a lot about Fabian Zetterlin. We talk a lot about Shimon Mets, We talk a lot about Luke Hughes, but we don't really talk about some of those other prospects that I just listed. And trust me, there's plenty more. So that's another problem that I have with the Devils, which is like we have a lot of good prospects and uh, I get that some aren't really going to be given an opportunity to shine. But at the same time, it's just like we got some we got something that I think a lot of teams would kill for. Like we have a team that's capable of making the playoffs. But at the same time, we have a lot of good prospects. So I think the Devils need to uh, be grateful for what they have right now, because there's a reason why greed is one of these seven deadly sins. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really pan out all that well. So. When just uh, when looking at Nick's article and when like dissecting it from my angle, so my expectation for the Devils is make the playoffs, get out of the first round. That's their ultimate goal. So as in, like, I think we could do that with the roster we have right now. And then with the current roster, we have a lot of uh, good contributions up and down the lineup. And once again, trying to get Andre Pallott, uh back into uh, the, the groove of things. We're trying to do the same thing with Nathan Bastian, so that might take some time. And maybe after the All-Star break, things are going to get better. Keep in mind, John Marino is set to return for the Devils sooner rather than later. I anticipate for him to, to be back maybe in like a week or two. That's based on what I've been uh, hearing, uh, rumbling around. And then the asking price is, is just a big thing for me because I'm seeing all sorts of trade packages. I'm seeing all sorts of trade scenarios. And at the end of the day, it's just like, it's not really that much of a need for a new jersey devils like do you need timo meyer or do you just want him so that's the overall difference like like i said i can sit here and say i want timo meyer and and i i would be out of my mind to say like i would never want timo meyer on my team i i would be out of my mind to say that and it's easy for me to sit here and say i want him on the roster but at the same time this is not a video game this is real life and we're going to have to part ways with some solid contributions. So yeah, when looking at Nick's article, I would have to agree with them as in the devils don't really need to make a move right now. It's not dire. It's not urgent. And they're not like the New York Islanders where they're desperate for a big name player because the Islanders are are scrambling right now to get back into uh, the wildcard race and Uh, I remember Alan Creta being on the show not too long ago. He called it, whether it was for the New York Islanders or the New York Rangers. And I expect for the New York Rangers, quite honestly, to maybe make a run at a decent sized player. I've been hearing Patrick Kane. But whatever the case might be, I think the Devils are okay with what they got right now. Competing with the Carolina Hurricanes, competing with the New York Rangers. Uh, They've held their ground against the Rangers. And for the Carolina Hurricanes, we saw... Game one uh, against them this year, they lost. Then second game of the year on New Year's Day, the Devils took it into a shootout. And unfortunately, they did lose that one too. And then uh they in their more recent game against the Carolina Hurricanes, they came away with the win. That was the night that Dawson Mercer had a big night. So, and and then when looking at the Rangers, I remember the last time we played the Rangers. That was my final day as a part-time credential media member. And that was probably one of the best games this season because the Rangers were up three-one. Devils came back from it. And the Devils are are tied with Tampa Bay lightning for most comeback victories this year. So this team is capable of doing a lot of things. And quite honestly, I don't feel comfortable just like breaking it all up at this point, especially since they're all meshing together, but I know there's more to it. And we're going to talk about that momentarily, but before we continue, I want you guys to have some energy. So looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. then you got to try Bilt built bar. Uh, I know one of your new year's resolutions that, probably eat happier and healthier and you got to try built bar because with built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you will not even think they're good for you perfect for your new new year's resolution what makes built bar so good well for starters they are covered in 100 real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond not sure how built does it but uh the bars only contain 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering built Bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Also... Catch Built Bar as a NASCAR sponsor this year when they when they're on the hood of Corey LaJoy's NASCAR Cup Series ride. So Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And now Super Bowl Sunday is next week. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you get Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So you guys should know the drill by now. Visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so to close out today's show, let's talk about what the New Jersey Devils probably should do. So I just want to put out this disclaimer. I am perfectly content with the Devils making a trade. I, I I just want to make that clear. But it has to be for the right price. Can't reiterate that enough. So if Timo Meyer comes at a cheap penny, by all means go after him. But don't gut your team for one player. So my thing is simply this, and uh, Nick talked about it in his article as well, which is maybe it's best for New Jersey Devils to wait towards the off season to probably, like, make a splashy move or whatever the case might be. Because the fact of the matter is simply this. I think the New Jersey Devils will have a better understanding as to where to take their team uh, come next year when when the offseason rolls around and the playoffs are over, at least on their end. So let's say the New Jersey Devils get to the playoffs and they get knocked out in the first round. Okay, now you see where your team is potentially capable of doing Now let's figure out how they can take it to the next level. And by we, I mean Tom Fitzgerald. So uh, Tom Fitzgerald uh, just sits down with everyone else and just tries to brainstorm and and come to a consensus as to where the New Jersey Devils should go because uh, it was impressive that they got to the playoffs. But now how do they become cup contenders? Because now uh, uh, people like Nico Heischer, he gets more added playoff experience. Jack Hughes experiences his first playoff, and a lot of other guys on the roster experienced their first playoff run. And quite honestly, you got some other players who have made the playoffs, but maybe they haven't uh, gone on deep runs, uh, at least in recent memory, because like I said earlier in the show, Andre Pella is probably the only one who who knows what it's like to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. But digressing a little bit, I think the New Jersey Devils – should wait until the offseason to make those kind of big moves. Because if you do it at the trade deadline, I just don't think there's going to be that much of a difference. Um, And and I just think that it it, it kind of just hinders the overall development and growth of what, what the New Jersey Devils are capable of doing. So what I mean by that is simply this. The New Jersey Devils team is already good, and they've proven that they can compete with the best of the best in the league. So I say just see how the season pans out, get to the playoffs, try to win in the first round and then after that's all done, you you sit down and you just try to see like which direction you could take your team in like how much further can you like uh how how much further can you take it because I think, By then, Tom Fitzgerald will just be like, okay, this player has to go. This player has to go. This player has to be traded. We can't re sign this player, or we're going to try to target for that player, whatever the case might be. And I think the New Jersey Devils will be an easier selling point come the offseason compared to the previous offseason because a lot of people were saying, like, oh, these big name uh, free agents don't want to sign with the Devils because the Devils aren't going to win and they're a small market team. Well, now that the Devils are winning once again, and now that they're a playoff capable team, now it might be a little easier to maybe lure some of these big name free agents or maybe some of these big name players on opposing teams to come play for a New Jersey Devils and go from there. So that's my overall thing. And that's why I saw floating around the internet. And for the most part, I do agree with Nick and, and I agree with, with his overall statement. Now, I do believe the New Jersey Devils will make a trade. I think they're going to try to find a diamond in the rough and just try to find another solid component. I could be wrong. And I'm just optimistically cautious when approaching the trade deadline. So could the Devils make a big move? I don't really know, but we'll see what happens. But let me know what you guys think. Do the New Jersey Devils actually need to make a trade? Or, or or is this just sort of just rushing the process? And what are your expectations for Devils? So I talked about my expectations. Here's your guys' thoughts. So if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. And if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, make sure to hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMap4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.